Welcome back to Life Without Instructions with Miles Sanchez and Ariane Soltero. On this episode of the podcast, we spoke a little bit about men and their fathers, or what we like to call boys and bigger boys. So we hope you guys enjoy, and here it is. We are live on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? You're doing good. I'm good. I am. Uh, I woke up earlier than normal this morning. Do you have a Do you have a same time every morning that you wake up, or is it just like depending on the clients that you have? I'm gonna give you a little insight into my life. Okay, do it, please. So, we have this dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nala. I see where this is going. Nala's our our dog. She's a lab, and then we have a a Pekingese that lives in the house with us. That's not our dog. It's mm-hmm. actually what kind of dog is that? A, it's like a really short dog has like kind of like these buggy eyes okay really playful mm-hmm. um fun dog um, but every morning he wait he wakes me up by barking so literally like five thirty six every day no matter what day it is you know start barking and i just end up getting up because you know i can't go back to sleep um but yeah, so it, it, it is interesting. Um, so they bark around the same time every single morning? Nala doesn't bark, actually. She, she, she can bark on command. Like uh-huh. I can tell her to bark, and she would. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, she's, cool. she's really uh, trained. But she, doesn't, she only barks if someone comes up to the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, she's, she's pretty like uh, well-behaved. So the little dog barks. Otis. Otis, Otis barks. Just, Otis just is barking at the window. Mm-hmm. Really know, early, like break of dawn. Really early, like there's sun in the air or the <laughs> sun comes up and it starts barking at the sun. It's your rooster. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's not not great, but we make it work. Mm-hmm. I don't need an alarm clock. I so what time use, did you get up this morning? Uh, 5.30. Okay. And does it, does the barking somehow work well with when you have like work coming up? Um, I can rely on Otis actually, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I might throw on a, on a, a alarm on my phone, but most of the time I, I can just time it well. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, yeah, I don't have one of those. <laughs> Uh, I just use the alarm on my phone or I, or I rely on Catherine to get me up. I, I'm a deep sleeper in my mind, but I wake up. I, I don't know what it is, but I wake up when she wakes up a lot. I used to do it in Palo Alto when she would like get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. I would get up and then have trouble going back to sleep where she would just like go right back into her dream. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm sensitive to you know, obviously cl- movement and stuff happening close by mm-hmm. noise um so light sleeper so she she's been getting up for work at like 6 a.m here or five thirty-six, and i basically got up around that time even though i didn't have work today till uh 10 mm-hmm. yeah cool cool what oh, yeah. is uh what is your usual uh time that you go to sleep does it depend? Uh, yeah, it depends. Honestly, uh, if I had it my way, I would 
go to sleep at like 9.30 or 10. But being in a house with so many other people now, which I'm not used to, um, you kind of are just attracted to like the noise or the things that are happening, like the liveliness that's in the house. Uh So you don't end up going to bed till a little later. She, Catherine's been really good about going upstairs and like tucking herself away because she has, she's the one who, she's the only one in the house. And all my dad too, but that has like work outside. Like I work from home. So, Uh you know, I, it's a little more comforting. There's something about that. We're getting ready. The process of all that is not as rushful. So wait, your dad is still working? He's still, he picked up on, so he retired from the FBI, um, which he worked. How long? I don't know. A long time. Listening. You might be listening, but anyways, <laughs> he retired from the FBI and then he came here and um, he's like, he's just, he loves to, to like have some sort of purpose, something that he's continuously doing. I think he realized after he retired that he still wanted to work in some shape or form some way. Uh-huh. Um, so he picked up another job here and um, yeah, he just likes to stay active. He's always like, he wants to like work with people and help people in some way. And so he works in uh he works in a line of like, you know, communications and such. And, um, you know, he, like I said, he just, he loves to be around and socialize and do that thing, help people work on manage tasks. So, yeah. um, so yeah, he's still kind of working and, um, I kind of believe in that. I think that, I don't know what your opinion is on that, but after, you know, do you see yourself like getting to a, uh, like a conventional retirement age where you like maybe stop working or, or what's your me, perspective me on personally. that? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be weird. Like once we get to the age of like, we get to, yeah, when we get to that age, what will the world look like? Will mm-hmm. we, I, I personally think that, uh, you know, jobs will tend to shift into more of a creative mindset. Mm-hmm. So like people are going to be doing a little bit more like, I think the lot we're going to have, I mean, this is probably another podcast mm-hmm. topic, but I think, a lot of people are going to tend to do what they really want to do. Mm-hmm. And maybe the stuff that doesn't interest most people, maybe we can find people, find things to to do those things, mm-hmm. but still be able possible to like everyone having like, you know, security with their work and um, who knows what, what I, I kind of go way off there. So, yeah. Uh, I don't but wanna, do, you, do you see yourself like always maybe wanting to work in some sense beyond like maybe not needing to? Uh, interesting. Uh, I think, I think from my perspective, I think my, I'm working, I'm working on trying to understand my work on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. So when I think, when I think about work, I, I think about what I'm doing for my purpose or like kind of fulfilling myself. So I can align with your dad. Like maybe it just is super rewarding for him to like spend time with, you know, people and, you know, interact with them and stuff like that. I think I, I would probably be the same where I need to be, I need to fill my cup somehow mm-hmm. on a daily basis and doing something that has purpose or doing something that, uh, can fill my cup mm-hmm. is ultimately going to help me be in better mood, healthier X, Y, and Z kind of stuff. So, um, but I have a question for you. Uh, what is it like to have a father that works for FBI? It sounds kind of like a movie, you know, like, um, 
I don't know what maybe some of the listeners are thinking, but I thought that was interesting. Like your dad works for the FBI. Are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah. I mean, I can talk about it as much as I know about it. Um, I think that's the thing is that like, I don't know everything, so I can't talk about it. Anything that, you know, I don't know about, but I think um, there are parts of his career that were maybe movie like from my perspective, growing up as a child in that environment um, mm-hmm. with my dad always like gone and um, the stories that he could tell me um, seemed really active, but they were the, like, he, he, told me that you know just like stories that he does tell me they're highlights of a of a career Mm -hmm. um of 10 20 years in that in that lifespan so um it is not the everyday it's not like the the movie that you see that's an hour and a half is like a highlight of his maybe you know or something like that um he's had a long career yeah but it's not like every day there's like very mundane tasks he says there's paperwork there's stuff that you don't want uh-huh. to do and you wouldn't want to hear about and it wouldn't be in an episode on a TV show. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I have some cool stories. Um, and I, you know, growing up, it was something I loved to tell my friends about, but, uh, now as an adult, I, I constantly just, I'm grateful that he's no longer in that line of work because of, I mean, there were, there were a handful of times when like we were genuine, genuinely worried about my dad um and like the the stuff that was being handed to him whether it was the cases that he handled in like san francisco Mm -hmm. you know it involved a lot of scary scary people in scary situations and um and it landed him in in very i wouldn't i don't i don't know if he would categorize it as life or death but from my eyes as like a 13 year old when i would hear about him in the hospital over something that happened you know in the field um i i would say that that it was a life or death thing for someone yeah Uh, so yeah it is yeah it's uh it's it was definitely something unique to grow up with um and it was something exciting to tell my friends but and a lot of in a lot of ways i craved like having a dad that had like a normal like job (laughs) i I thought about that a lot growing up i think you touched on it like the 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 feeling of like your life is like threatened in a way Mm -hmm. or your dad's life is threatened and you're 13 years old thinking like like is my dad gonna am I gonna see my dad again or something like that Mm -hmm. um how that could be triggered in the brain to kind of make you feel you know some type of way about you know his work so Mm -hmm. I definitely uh, hear you on that yeah Um, but yeah I mean I've mentioned a couple times and you've heard it in passing um what my dad does but I don't think I've ever asked you specifically obviously we talked about kind of growing up and you mentioned mm-hmm. your family and your father and such but I, I don't know what he did for a living if you wanted to talk about it uh I think my dad is a man of different different skills mm-hmm. I think I um growing up now I think I I'm like I fall in line with like being similar to my dad in the way that he thinks and um and kind of his work kind of in different areas but he uh he he grew up i i I mean side story but like i i I think the why why we're having this conversation is kind of to talk about our fathers and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. um you know i don't i don't have the the healthiest relationship with my father because mm-hmm. I think you you said something earlier 
like it felt like he was just kind of away um so a lot of my childhood i felt the same way of where like maybe he just you know was trying to provide and you know working you know working these odd on jobs early Mm -hmm. on in my life like he uh he worked we lived in vegas so he worked for like hotels and so he was like a host buster he used to like he tells this story all the time about how he used to um, deliver food to like all the the famous people in uh, in the hotels. So like he has this one story where he talks about how um, I could probably tell it better, but he uh, he actually was bringing food to Mike Tyson for a while. Wow! Uh, when he would come and do his fights, so he would walk in and like put it in, put it on the on wherever it needs to go, and then you know he would get like a good tip and. He do he do it with like football players and stuff like that that would be in town, um, but he has like hundreds of stories about uh, just kind of being in that in that environment of you know working inside a a like very you know fast paced life where like people are coming in and out and you get you can literally see like famous people like left and right kind of thing. Um, but then uh he's he's super into cars too um so he you know as i remember he had jobs more towards like uh cars so he was like a salesman once he was he was a you know he was a mechanic he did a lot of these things uh within dealerships and uh he spent a lot of his career in like um car dealerships in different departments and uh now he uh He's uh, he's working um, at a place where, you know, he takes gas out of cars. Uh, so I don't know if anyone knows that job, but he like, uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, it's a little bit more like himself mm-hmm. and he can just kind of do his thing and, uh, and then kind of go back home and kind of do some more of the stuff that he likes doing. So huh. uh, he's not, he, yeah, it, I I have as I grow up, I I understand that like he um, was definitely a provider, and he really like put himself out there to like provide for our family, um, and so it makes more sense to me on like why he was not such a um, I wasn't very, I didn't feel really close to him because he was literally just trying to like make ends meet, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, I think I, 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 I understand him a little bit more on that front of like, um, why, why work is, uh, important to me and like why I want to be able to like find work that really like motivates me and, um, feels good to do and feels rewarding mm-hmm. and not really have to um, rely on like, you know, just doing the hard work. Yeah. So less, less like grinding, like we've joked about and more like purposeful, uh, work for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think he encouraged it. My family encouraged me to like really try to push towards like, you know, trying to enjoy life a little bit more because of, Mm -hmm. you know, where they came from and the opportunities they have gotten to, to get to where we were in that time. Mm -hmm. Um, so like school's a big thing, like just being able to go to like public school uh, mm-hmm. for, for my family 
was like a like a big thing. Did that, your did your father grow up here? Uh, in the he, states. He uh, lived in. Well, he was born in Cuba, and then okay. my grandma and grandpa fled Cuba mm-hmm. during the during uh, Castro mm-hmm. uh, kind of taking over, and they left everything behind. They they grew up or they were living in Miami, mm-hmm. uh, and then he grew up there for. He was a surfer. Like wow. that's one thing that I, I I wish that I could do with my dad is like maybe hop on a board and go surfing together. Uh-huh. Um, I I started learning surfing at a, a later year, uh-huh. um, but that's something that we haven't done together. Yeah. But we but he's done it for, I mean he's like, if you were to ever meet my dad, he's like a surfer. Like wow. Like he's like really like chill, like kind of, you know, yeah. funny this and that. Anyways. It's funny. It's funny that I, I, you know, you you paint an image, I guess, hearing about somebody that you don't know, um, yeah. or you've never met or never seen, and uh, and until you said surfer and the way that you just explained him, I had an entirely different like image of who your dad is in my mind. <laughs> um, that's painted it up. Right? That's really cool. I mean, to have something. I don't. Yeah, that is a. It, have you ever expressed that you maybe wanted would want to like do some like surfing with him yeah i think it, it we joke about it you know i i was lucky enough to go to like costa rica and like do this surf trip and like spend a week like surfing and getting better at it and uh i thought that would be like a perfect moment for him to come and you know surf and on these like you know easier waves that Mm -hmm. like he could be there um the first time i surfed was in hawaii when i took a trip out there and uh and i and i got up the first time and went out and i was like oh like this is actually like this is extremely hard yeah Uh, but you did it's kind of rewarding yeah Mm -hmm. and so it kind of makes you think like oh man like this is what my dad did you know growing up and like this is where his like his vibes come from so um it was a good it was a good experience to do it and maybe i mean hopefully he's not you know too old um but he can get out there uh he's he's in his 60s okay so um yeah so he i think he still has maybe a little in the tank maybe to get out there so um yeah we we talked about it we talked about it definitely yeah, but back awesome. to back to my story. Uh, so he he moved. They moved to Florida. They mm-hmm. stayed there until like he. I want to say until like he was maybe in his late late teens, you know, early twenties kind of thing. Um, and then they moved to to Vegas, and then that's where he met my mom. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like he him and my grandma and grandpa like they kind of you know made it all the way over here and you know relocated uh multiple times in order to kind of like uh find work you know so in in our family like you know there's you know early on it's like yeah like we it it felt like we needed to like kind of figure out how we can like make it i guess 
I, at least that's the sense I, I got is like, mm-hmm. how do we make this process easier for us? And it doesn't really take so much out of us. Um, at least that's how I, I maybe pictured it back then with, you know, looking at my father or not knowing where he was or my mom working and us, me and my sisters being home and like taking care of ourselves. Um, so, but yeah. Mm-hmm. When, so when you think about your father and the, the idea of, you know, him being, you know, somewhat, you know, gone or, you know, you don't know if he's coming back, you know, the, mm-hmm. the threat aspect, um, what, what comes up in your mind, you know, about that, that conversation of, you know, where's my dad? Um, I think that I, one was, I, I, I had these natural feelings that you're explaining, um, of like the threat of, you know, my dad being hurt on the job or something like that. Um, or being in dangerous situations. Like you just worry about it, I guess, as a kid a little bit. Um, but you do things to distract yourself. You go out, I hung out with friends. Like every time I got the news about something that, you know, happened in the field, I was with my friends in a sleepover or something happened. I had to rush home and get driven to the hospital or like something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, then there, and then there's also just like seeing like the side of it, like through my mom, like seeing her like take care of us and obviously wanting my dad to be around and her worries and her fears. Um, so I kind of lived through it through two, two perspectives. Um, and I was the oldest child. So I always, I always like wanted to help out in some way. Like I, my brothers were a lot younger than me. So I wanted to help like look after them. And I knew that my dad, um, looked after his brothers. They were like the first set of kids, um, for him to start like parenting before I ever came along because they were so much younger than him. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, the, it, it is an element of threat. Um, and I don't know, like I said, I, I only know what it's like to grow up with that. I don't know what it's like not to, but I, I remember just craving like the normalcy that my friends had of like a dad that worked for Cisco systems or, worked <laughs> for, you know, like some, I don't know, something more normal in quotes. Um, uh, yeah. But, um, so yeah, so there is, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what it's like from the opposing viewpoint. I just know that I always craved what I didn't have, but now mm. I'm grateful for it. I mean, the, you know, my dad's okay yeah. and he made a living doing something that he was excited by. Yeah. Um, I, I think there might be something deeper in there that maybe, you know, maybe we can talk about it, you know, when it comes up, but I, I definitely have a, a sense of what you're talking about and I, I'm quite, I can't quite like put it to words, but I do think the, the, the moment, I mean, just from a visual standpoint or just being like in this environment where, you know, you see your mother or your, you, you, you see the effect that it puts on other people around you and it, not even, not even putting yourself in that, in that conversation you just visually seeing like my mom is worried, you know, or my brother is like worried or like he's, you know, upset or something like that. And how that can be traced back to maybe those, those moments of just what your dad does. 
could be like very impactful for you. Um, and there's probably, there's probably things in your brain that has definitely like rooted into like the triggers that you might feel when you feel something similar to that. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, like I think it comes down to like, for example, feeling unloved is a threat to my survival. Mm -hmm. So um, anytime you feel this sense of unloved or uh, alone or whatever the feeling is, mm -hmm. like it could be like your, your whole nervous system and your, your physiology could be like, it could change in that moment. So I don't know. We're talking about like feelings and how that can impact yeah. you. No, I get it. And you kind of mentioned it early on that you connected to me in the way that your dad wasn't around um, or you mm -hmm. felt that way. And mm -hmm. did that, do you think that that in any way maybe gave you a feeling of like as a kid, not being like good enough for your dad to be around or, or have this sensation of like, why is it my dad want to spend time with the, with us and my mom and something like that? Yeah, I think definitely. I think, I think my sisters will possibly listen to this, but, um, or my dad might listen to this, but, uh, I think, I think, you know, maybe I should have this conversation with my dad, but it just thinks that I feel like sometimes when I see my dad, there's like a little, little part of me that feels a little uncomfortable with trying to get closer. Um, so I think, I think that that little mechanism where I feel like I'm trying to close the gap or maybe he feels the same way. Like he, when he comes to me and he's like, you know, you can tell that maybe he's a little nervous too, but getting to that point where you're trying to close the gap. I think the reason why it gets a little uncomfortable and harder to do is because of the result that my brain thinks is going to happen. Like, mm -hmm. am I going to like get my hopes up? and then be disappointed mm -hmm. so like or or like maybe he doesn't have the time or or maybe he's not in the mood or something like that you know mm -hmm. you start to think about like how i could affect him in this situation um so yeah i think uh there there is i can i can tell because i love him and he loves me and whatever but i can tell like there is that little the little moment where it does get really uncomfortable or feel uncomfortable to kind of like get a little closer mm -hmm. just because of maybe some of this deeper layer stuff that is in there mm -hmm. and um but i for some reason deep in into my head i feel like like it's it's there and it's genuine mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah yeah you can like connect it, to that but, like, yeah, I, I think I, I generally want to get to know my dad more. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he generally wants to get to know me more just mm -hmm. because of those past years, we weren't able to like, you know, work through that uncomfortableness. Mm -hmm. And maybe we didn't have that much things to um, kind of see eye to eye to like mm -hmm. on the equal playing floor. Because I always look to my dad as like, okay, he's the authority. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get in trouble, one, because mm -hmm. I don't want to get, I don't want, you know, X, Y, and Z to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and when did, when did that maybe, because you're explaining that there was that element 
at one time or another, but when did that change for you when you stopped looking up and maybe it was level for you? <laughs> there was this one moment. I mean, this is probably really specific, but I remember this one moment, you know, it, I, I think he was yelling at my sister, you know, just cause like, you know, the kitchen wasn't clean or something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I just remember like standing up to him and being like, Hey, like, don't yell at my sister, you know, like she doesn't need that. Like, you know, you can handle this a different way. So I think I started taking that role of being like, I don't know, like this little bodyguard. Yeah. In a sense. For your like, sisters for my sisters and then for my mom too. But it wasn't, it wasn't like a, I think I was kind of like maybe a little brainwashed into that, that, that position mm -hmm. because I Why thought maybe, I think it was more of like a threat to, okay. to, to my sisters. And I was like the, the protector. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my sister would probably, you know, say it out loud. Like she said that to me before, like I have this like, protective kind of um personality in the mm -hmm. sense of like if you're really close to me like i will i will like go through the fire for you kind of thing mm -hmm. um but uh so i remember like in that moment like maybe getting to a point where like i wasn't afraid of my dad or and or what he thought i wanted to like uh, like kind of push uh, i don't know stand up for for yeah. myself or the people around me mm -hmm. but it, it wasn't because i didn't like i didn't like him or anything like that it was just more of like um i, I think i took that that role and I, that was my chance to kind of like you know have a conversation or have some relationship about it, it was more it was more like okay if you want to take it this far like you're gonna have to deal with me kind of thing like mm -hmm. and uh so you kind of met him as like another male figure in the home now that could like, you know, maybe stand up to his degree of, of whatever was happening. Yeah. And, and this happened maybe like, you know, when I was 16, you know, going to high school, like, like it, there was some, there was moments where like, we didn't really see eye to eye. Mm -hmm. There were some things that he was doing that I didn't really like like and mm -hmm. i didn't really understand in that moment um so i think uh my mindset at looking at my dad it was more of like uh like some of the things that he does i don't really like mm -hmm. but and i would at first i was like oh i don't really want to associate myself like with that stuff and but i didn't never take the time to like really understand his per, his point of view Mm -hmm. or his perspective on it so i think once i started like st stopped trying to like oppose him i started to get to know him more mm -hmm. so i think from you know me like going out and you know trying to do my own thing and me leaving the house and stuff like that there is that there's we're getting closer to the point where it's like we're really testing that 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 uncomfortable boundary that I was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. and just trying to like let it flow. Like, hey, like he's my dad, I'm his son. Like, I want to have a relationship with him. Um, so it's almost it, like it, maybe um, 
getting to a point where you no longer have these expectations of what, how you like imagine or want your father to be and, and just let he's, he's a person, you know, maybe that has, cause I, I know that sometimes I go through this same thing and I'm yeah. relating to it a lot. Um, just mm-hmm. you speaking about it is uh, there, there might be a little relief in saying that he's my dad is just my dad. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think that's, I think you hit it on the head. Like, uh, like maybe you can speak on it, but just that idea of like, just making it normal, you know, like not like putting or putting him in this like weird area in your life. And it's just kind of like, let him, let him just kind of like sprout or like be in my, he's, he's in my life. So it's like, just let him be and and I can be who I want to be. Um, and we'll have a relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what is it like for you to, I mean, this is more recent, but like compared to like when you were living with your dad the last time versus like the time now, the time that you're living with your dad now, cause he just moved to, to Texas and mm-hmm. um, you're kind of like regrouping and trying to figure out a, a new plan mm-hmm. um, of action. But what is it like to like think back to like when you were in the house versus like now you're back in the house what does it feel like do you feel some of those things with your father um, that I spoke about um yeah I think the entire time that you were talking one listening to it um and hearing another story that sounds very similar to yours is is it it's comforting because growing up I think as a kid you think that everything like everything in your life is about you it's literally like all about me it's you're, you're not really like taking the time uh, to like start to like put yourself in someone else's shoes. You don't know how to do that necessarily. Totally. Totally. And so just like being this very, like, you know, all about me kid and you're always in your mind and what's going on and how do I look to other people and all of this. um, It is uh, I'm, you're always thinking also in that same way, God, I'm, I, I bet no one else has to deal with this. Like, I bet no one else's dad is like this, you know? Mm, yeah, and, yeah, comparing. Yeah, and so you compare in that way. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a negative uh, perspective on it. Um, like, you know, like everything you're experiencing is very unique to you and the bad things are very unique to you and no one has to go through those same bad things. Um, yeah. And um, so, yep. yeah, I mean, like I said, now I, I'm grateful for how involved my dad was in our lives he's a very like although he himself growing up like he raised like I said he kind of raised his son I mean not his sons his brothers as his sons in a way because they were so much younger and they needed guidance and his father left um, him when he was around three years old so his mom was basically the primary like care person in his life um, until he became of age to work and take on one, two, three jobs to support his mom and his uh, brothers. Yeah. Um, so I think him growing up really fast and then obviously starting his own family and then having all of this, like, in a way, what I see now is like a, a pent up, like I had to grow up really quickly and you guys need to learn, like, you know, how to grow up quickly too. this like tough love thing. Mm -hmm. um uh was always like an element 
um, there. And I had experiences just like you where I disliked maybe what he was doing, whether it was a relationship that I saw, you know, how he maybe treated my mom or, you know, just the dysfunctional patterns I saw in that relationship um, growing up. And, uh, and, you know, just like you sticking up for your sisters, me wanting to stick up for my mom, uh, cause mm-hmm. I didn't have sisters. Mm-hmm. So my brothers, he, I, I don't really remember you. Like I was very scared of my dad growing up. There are still elements of, of our relationship that are, are like that, where I'm mm-hmm. just like, you know, like I, I try to oppose and I try to sometimes meet it with the same force that he has. Cause he's, he yeah. can sometimes be a very like, uh, like, uh, like, I don't know, this pillar strict. of stability, strict, exactly. Yeah. Um, and in his job setting, it obviously was an element that he needed as an active agent, like just having that, like, you know, that, um, the, the aspect as a person, just being a strong person of like, a that can meet you with that. Um, I think it was required of him and he learned to have that early on. So yeah, you know, I, it's just, like I said, that growing up, I had a totally different perspective on it than I do now. Um, but I do find myself even now being in the same house with him as a full grown adult, 28 years old, like slipping into that, that old way of being a kid because I'm in his house with his rules and yeah. think you know he likes things done a certain way his way that i yeah. like have to remember that like okay i'm just you know i need to almost treat this like i need to find a way if if cuz he's not going to stop being the way he is at this point it's just like i like yeah. we talked about like my dad is my dad there's no way to i don't want to find a way to change him because it puts mm-hmm. more weight on my shoulders as a person that wants to change himself trying to change maybe what gave me the tendencies that I have in some way. Um, exactly. So I, uh, I just kind of look at it like I respect your, I respect your environment. I respect your house. And I, although, you know, we, I do maybe uh, oppose him in some ways and I, and I, I have a different perspective. I try to honor that his way is his own way and my way is my way. And, and while I'm living with him, I have to in some way, you know, find a way to, to meet his standards, but also tell him about mine, like maybe have him see my perspective and in my way of going about things, my methods of living um, are different than his. And um, so I'm trying to just go about it in a more graceful way than I maybe would have done it as a teenager. Mm. Yeah, I think you touched on something that kind of hit me pretty well is the, the aspect of like, you know, trying to change your father. Because I remember like early on, like as a kid, like, I think that was one of the main things that like, made me upset is that, like, I I wanted to like, take that weight of trying to change, change my dad, in order for me to like, be closer to him, or like, accept him. And I think you said it in the beginning, it's like, when, when, when I got to the point where I was like, he is just who he is. And then really like, understanding that from like a emotional maturity type stance, sorry, mm-hmm. I lost. <laughs> um, it really kind of like freed you of this like weight that, you know, I'm just, you know, I can accept him. He is who he is. And like, I don't have the time or the, the energy to like, you know, try to change anyone. 
but yeah i mean it's uh it's interesting these conversations because i think something else that i i remember you said was this this idea of you know trying to protect your mom uh because i felt the similar way like i i really i really took that role to heart and i think uh with you know therapy and stuff like that it's like my mom had made me not that it wasn't right or wrong you know their arguments between each other and then my mom pulling me in the middle and being like you know don't do this you know don't be like that guy Mm -hmm. and i think that was you know something that i i really have been working on is like this idea of you know not not thinking that like i'm doing something wrong or like i'm not being the man that i really want to be um based off of like this this thing that went on when i was younger is like like the person that is my father is basically someone that i should not try to be mm-hmm. you know like it's bad you yeah. know and then my mom like really you know you know feeling the pain with that like and so um i don't blame any of them or like i i i kind of now understand the dynamic and it makes me think like oh like like man i i didn't really it's unfortunate but it it's like i didn't really have the opportunity to like really put my dad on like an equal playing field it just like felt like he was just like down there and these people were like up here mm-hmm. on my list kind of thing because of like the 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 sense of the family uh, i don't know if that's too deep or like no not clear, at all but- I like um, that you went down that route and uh, I almost want to explore it further, but uh, yeah. So, so all in all, you've kind of maybe come to a place now where you're really comfortable, obviously just reflecting back on what you said, how yeah. you, you still haven't gotten to a place where maybe you can find um, or close the gap even further, which you crave. And maybe you, you think that maybe he could obviously crave, but you guys don't know how to meet that. Um, do you see like a future where you either you either leap forward or he leaps forward or some you know something happens that might change your relationship even further uh i think i think like conversations like this um are really valuable because it gives me a chance to kind of say it out loud Mm -hmm. um instead of keeping it inside uh i talked to my girlfriend about this stuff i i talked to a therapist, my therapist about this stuff, um, just in order to kind of, kind of break the mold of like this neuroplasticity of like the way that things are Mm -hmm. versus like what they, what they, what they actually were versus Mm -hmm. like what that was for me, Mm -hmm. um, and getting better understanding. Um, so like when I do have an opportunity to spend some time with my dad, it can come from a, a different place does that make sense yeah yeah so like i'm hoping that like because we're in the process of moving right now and Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that when there's an opportunity for him and my family to come visit us like like those are going to be like really quality time for us and uh 
and I think that gives us the opportunity to start creating this new relationship around like my life and their life where I don't feel feel like guilty or or have shame or stuff like that around um, spending time with my family it's more of like a this is where we are in our lives and like let's come together and like enjoy the present moment kind of thing um so yeah so i'm excited to kind of like spend time with him when when that time is right mm-hmm. um but going back it's like just making sure that like i i recognize that there is that awkwardness and it's not going to be easy to get through that mm-hmm. but uh i'm in a better position than i am like years ago years ago right yeah so yeah that's just good. time time is a uh, time is valuable and i think you you might have that opportunity now with yourself yeah definitely i think mine's come a little sooner just because of the situation i'm in um and uh, but it's a good it's a good place of discomfort that you might get the chance to be in a little later and um i yeah i'm appreciating it for what it is um and it really comes down to that and just like you said creating a new path or um or or looking to change in some way and 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 not recreate the same scenario over and over and over again that's existed in the past um with you know expecting a different result or trying to force change it um but coming at it from like a more ease and peaceful angle um yeah because yeah yeah. definitely Um, but uh yeah looks like we should be wrapping this up sometime soon but uh (laughs) i appreciate uh you taking the step and being able to talk about a lot of this stuff. I know for me, there were, you as well. you as yeah, well. it, uh, it definitely, it's something that gets my heart beating fast. And, uh, you know, anytime I talk about my childhood and I'm sure you feel the same way, it's uh-huh. it brings up those feelings. It's it, like, it almost happens again for you as you talk. Yeah. About it. It's interesting. Cause I think we both relate on relate to that, uh, where we, we, we like expressing maybe some of these things that, you know, has made us who we are today uh in in this game of life Mm -hmm. so um yeah i definitely think we could talk you know some more about like our fathers and this this next episode possibly Mm -hmm. yeah uh, just kind of pick up where we left off Mm -hmm. and uh and kind of go from there yeah thanks for listening thank you guys We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. We appreciate all of the support and we really look forward to providing more content and, you know, more interesting episodes to come. We love the feedback that we got from our first guest episode with Michael Basil and we're going to have many more guests to come. So hope you guys are uh, are ready for it. See y'all.